Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Al Gore, welcome back. You welcome back. Me, me welcome you back. welcome back. Welcome everybody back. Yeah, it's been a long two weeks. Yeah. We, we, have, we tried to get one out right before the break. And we had a, a firm-wide break, basically, over the fourth week. Um, over the week of the fourth, Independence Day. Yep. Which it's, got so caught ha- up, we couldn't even do it. Couldn't even do it. So we're sorry about that. But we're back in action. We're Woo! here. We're here talking to you. They're like, Yes! Yes, that's what. It, yeah, <laughs> we missed you guys and Two your weeks. jokes. Too long. We missed Al's jokes and Nick reads and all that. Yep. Uh, but now we're back. Yeah. So uh, it's been a busy, busy couple of weeks. Uh, the whole Independence Day right in the middle of it kind of threw us for a loop. But I think it was good. So I want to. What I wanted to do is recap about uh, us taking us encouraging everybody at the firm to take one week off. <clears throat> they could either uh, they could they could completely take it off. Or they could just work from home or at their leisure, or they could be flexible around it. And what was awesome about that was, um, so some guys took advantage of it completely, like Al. Al went up to Minnesota, hung out with with his family, Um, and then uh, a couple guys were in and out of the office a little bit. I was one of those those people, and then I sort of took my flex days before that, and the guy took his flex days after that, and now he's down in Florida. Um, but what I think it it did for everybody is it just relieved any kind of like hustle and bustle pressure, yeah. and all of a sudden we were we're all one hundred percent re energized. And I think that's so important, especially during what I would call what everybody calls the dog days of summer. Like it is a hundred hundred degrees. Yep. I think it's a it just wears on you um, mid mid year, and, yeah. and you got to just get a refresher. And then some people I know some people think, okay, how can you take a hundred percent off? And um, well, what you do is you set up your email, uh, and then it sends back an, a reply, and then I get annoyed because it's Al. Yeah, because you keep sending me emails. <laughs> and, and it's stuff like where it's, I think, just like calendar events for like two weeks away. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we didn't do it perfectly because if there was some of my consultants listening to this, they're like, well, then why did you keep calling me <laughs> during when you were gone? And what my thing was, I, didn't, I don't even think I opened my computer. I don't think I did any actual See, work. See, that was smart. Yeah, and then you got back and it was like literally 100 emails. Yes, but I did respond. I did actually look at some emails on my phone because I got my phone, right? And I did call people. Um, And there was some urgent things and we have some staff at the firm and they didn't take off because like one of them right now is taking off. He's in Florida or something like that. So then I could literally dish it to all of them. And what was great about... Because some the our philosophy, what we wanted to do was everyone takes... A whole week off and we let everyone know we didn't let all, all everyone know and there was actually an emergency with one project and and stuff like that so it was good that some of the guys were working and i don't think we should take off because i got this from leapskin a whole week off because just it's, sometimes it doesn't work out for people like why that week why do i have to take your week off you know 
that you want. Right, and demand. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's why we left it flexible for people. And honestly, it, it, that's why I, I emphasize. It worked really well for me because I had a convention to go to the weekend before. Exactly. So then I just, I just, I, my, my five or six days were like different than, than everybody else's and Alex's. Alex was one of the only ones that really, really made, made, made it happen from the get go. And then another guy took it in his own way. So whatever. I, I just like being flexible for our guys. Yeah. For, for, for everybody. But, but I liked it. I, th- I thought it was good that people will do it in Christmas too. And everyone knows, Hey, if you want to take off, if you want to work from home, oh, if you want to. Yeah. I, the last week the, of the year, I just get so burnt out. I just say, I'm not coming in. And I just, I just work from home the whole time. And yeah. I just don't leave. And like, I'm around the kids yep. and I, I redlined from the couch for like two days. Just, I really don't move. Yeah, that's awesome. I get I get really really burnt out at the like, end of the year. Like you put, <laughs> there's a land spot. Bring me my coffee. Oh, absolutely, there's bring a land me. spot. Yep, and then the kids bring the coffee. Yep. Yeah. Bring me my orange. Yeah. Juice. So don't be afraid to just. If you get to that point of being just honestly burnt out, I think everybody gets to that point. At some point in the year, just just don't go to work and do it do it at your own time. You, you gosh, you have to do it. Like I'm I'm hitting that point with like some of the some like tangential like activist stuff that I'm doing right now. I'm like, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. So like this whole week, I haven't done anything like that. I've just been. I'm like, nope. I'm gonna I'm gonna hang out with my wife. I'm gonna do garden stuff. So I've just been in the garden doing 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 my Lance thing, and it's made me a happier person. Good. Uh, and I've been sleeping well. Good. Um, if you want to take the whole week off and not be answering phones and emails and stuff like that, you just got to let everyone else, everyone that you're working with, How about know. This? Yeah. Ahead so, of time. so let's say this was the trial run. What would you do next time, Al? What, like, what is the best way to do this if you the, were to do it? Next? I like the hybrid approach. I like the hybrid approach. The only thing I might what do you mean do, the hybrid approach, like like saying you don't have it's not mandatory. The same thing that we said. Same okay. thing we described. The only thing I might do is email. Let's say I have like ten clients. And tell them, like, I am out. Like, you can't, uh, my phone's off. I'm not even, I'll, I'll program it so that you can't even give me emails. Or at least just say that. And then only if there's a small, small fire. Like, that's the only one I'll, I'll take. You wouldn't uh, go for a big fire. A big fire, that's what I meant. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just making sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a say, big fire. I was going to say. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a big fire. Yep. <laughs> but most of the times, and this is what I've been doing, and this is what's great, is that almost every one of my projects, it's me and one of the guys. So then it's, it's easy, like, hey, just talk to this guy or this guy. You've been talking to them already. They, you know, I can't do any of the architecture or overview or anything like that, but here's what we got. Oh, and hey, the fire. Let me. A lot of you that are architects probably know this. The fire that was so massive was, hey, your floor depth doesn't work for the plumbing. I go, yeah, yeah, it does. We even met on site, you know, use smaller, the just plumber said, no, 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 no. So I said, hey, you should probably get plumbing drawings for this from a professional engineer. So the professional engineer came out and said, oh yeah, this will work, blah, 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 and just told him what to do. But you, you did. That was a fire. Yeah. It, no. So it wasn't a fire. It was just them. <laughs> but in their eyes, it was. But I was correct, but they didn't know it. I know. Isn't it interesting how everybody's scope of their own problems? I mean, it's all subjective, right? Like, there's no objective truth to these problems, I don't think. it's well, all. It all depends on, like, what their view is and where it's it's narrowed or not. To the developer, the plumber, what, you could not move forward. The project was stalled because the plumber said it couldn't get done. And then, and okay, here's some maybe a lesson learned is that if it's a plumbing issue bring or just demand okay i know somewhat and i can tell you the answer but you're not going to believe me 
So we're bringing the plumbing. You would engineer. think we would have already learned that from dealing from doing so much structural engineering in house. You'd think we'd learn a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> but here we are. Here we are, still learning. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of which, we are learning a lot as developers. Well, can I go for the good news first? Yes. So two Tuesdays ago, we take our development, and what's crazy about this whole podcast? We're at sixty-seven now, episode sixty-seven. I believe maybe? sixty-seven. Yep. Was basically the genesis is we're going to walk you through a development. <laughs> we're going to walk you through what's happening, how to go from an architecture and firm to a development firm. Exactly. So so if it, if it really is 67, I'm going to look it up real quick. It uh, is 67. Look at me. And technically 68 if you count episode zero. And then technically, we've since we do points. this every week, yes, we, we've missed probably, I'd say, four podcasts yep. so far because we try to do this weekly. So that puts us at, what, like 71 or something like that? So then, what, that's almost 18 months yeah. worth of talking? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Meaning, I think Alex is getting as like, yeah, we thought this is like, this is a very lengthy process. thing and, and a process. And, and we, I, I wish that the general public understood that the over, and, and I think it's developers, I think it's developers' fault for not educating people. Or, or, or kind of laying it out there and like having a lecture ready to go or something like that, or maybe they go present or just on their own time, like this is how development works. Yeah. This is the process. Be- I think people would be a mo- bit more empathetic to the yeah. developer. It's a tall task um, because the perception is it's just money grubbing, right? Yep. The perception is that we're just getting rich. We're just, yep. we're, look at us, we're just nonstop rich. So driving well, cars, wrecking them on purpose, buying new ones, throwing iPhones out the window. <laughs> throwing iPhones out the window. <laughs> yeah. So our project was conditional use, meaning we had to get permission from the planning and zoning commission just to have it be there. And then also they said that there was a modification to a landscape buffer. I didn't, I told them that I don't believe that their interpretation is correct. And I laid out points why, but Again, the planning staff says it's a modification. They have to rule on it, all that stuff. And what we, time and time and time again, it, uh, developers push us to push the boundaries, right? And a lot of times in the end, it does not work. So then they default to just what the city says that they can do. And then it just turns into just like a mediocre project. A lot of times like, oh, you just, I guess we can only do this. We can't push it, right? So now we, as developers, are faced with the same problem. Okay, do we push it a little bit, risk a whole bunch of money, and then use good design, and hopefully they see, like, this is a thoughtful solution, and it doesn't fit directly in your codes, but the logic is, how could it? How could you plan for everything? How could your codes be so perfect Perfect. Yep, that they allow for everything? And what this culminated in is a... uh, a special planning and zoning. Well, it wasn't special. It was a routine. But we got put on the list for presenting in front of the planning and zoning commission. Which, yep. if if you aren't aware of what these thing, entities are, I would I would uh, pitch to all architects, developers, anybody who's listening who has anything to do with real estate, even realtors who are dealing with development uh, developments, try to get on one of these boards. That is going to be a goal for me. Is is getting on one of those boards? It's an appointed position, yes. so you'd have to butter up to city council and get a position. But like, why I advocate for that is is because you have people up on these boards who are busybodies. They they they, they but more than that, it's I I don't think they understand um, the the process. The process. Don't. I don't think they understand how one little comment of theirs and maybe they're just making it and this kind of happened this happens all the time in these meetings is you, you present in front of these people 
and they you can tell like, oh, you're just making that comment because you honestly had nothing else to talk about. There was no you 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 needed to make up something. So you now you don't you like do you understand that that one little comment is going to cost the the project this X Y and Z yep. and and no it's not me thinking and trying to be a greedy developer it's me going like well yeah my yes that, that cuts into the profit margins but like do you understand that like first of all it's a nothing burger second of all it's just going to raise the cost of this building and and this unit for the consumer and if and if we're really trying to provide affordable housing and in, in, in here it's not going to work so you, architect you, we cannot sit in the sidelines anymore I'm not saying you need to go out and get crazy politically active or anything like that. But I, I, you got to get on these boards. You got to be involved with these boards somehow because it, we're not being represented. The architects, the developers, the realtors. It's it's people. Those people aren't being represented on there. Yep. Um, there are some good people on there too. Yes. There, but there, there's both. Um, so, but I, ju- I just don't think specific to the industry. Yeah. I don't. I, I would say there's a very small minority of people that are specific to the industry. Understand how the process works. And could offer, uh, could help the insights be better. Yep. And as maybe a stepping stone, I would attend one of these meetings, attend a planning and zoning meeting. I've even attended a planning and recs meeting. Um, All of them I've spoken up at, I presented at our meeting, but we've gotten emails and people, it's literally causing business to be developed. Like I'm literally getting emails from people like, Hey, saw you there, liked your stuff, blah, blah, blah. So now you're just getting well-known. One of our bankers went to ours. We, we, we interviewed three to four bankers. One went to it. Guess what? We had him in this week. Okay. You know, like it was such a smart move of his, such a smart move. So just first step, go second step, maybe talk and speak up on an issue. Um, because we'll tell you why it's very important and it's coming up after this. Yeah. But, so, but to speak to the meeting a little bit. So Alex went up and yeah. spoke to the meeting. So that's what I was getting at is it culminated in, in, in this, in this presentation and what the difference, the difference maker and why we think we got approved unanimously. Um, and, and honestly they gushed over the project was what, one of the things they said is that they said, um, we don't see this kind of presentation from developers typically. In other words, uh, Alex kind of laid bare everything and said and just and made the case exa- you know graphically obviously I think we have an advantage because we're the architects plus the developers and stuff like that but uh, it, that 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 was critical so if you have a developer that you're working for and I think is is maybe gun shy about it would it would behoove you to not offer your services and say like I would uh, happy to help you present happy to help you get this through somehow you know I know I know money is always an issue but like. You know, so maybe you can't charge for this meeting or something like that, or you know, it cuts into your profit a little bit. But I think it goes a long way because what Alex is saying is, you know, one of the things he said is, well, we're starting to get business because of it now. People yeah. are seeing you in public. Yep. Well, here's the other lesson to be learned too is that we kept hearing that planning and zoning commission won't, if you have any variance, they're going to deny you. Well, Maybe you go to these meetings or you do one yourself and you go, yeah, that's true because most developers are giving them SHIT as a response. You know, like, hey, we want this variance. We literally got this response from the Planning and Zoning Commission. They said, hey, most people when they ask for a variance, they don't give much in return. He goes, I am genuinely very appreciative that you guys gave something in return. So we gave more landscaping, better design, all this other stuff, right? Um, I'm actually, it's on YouTube. So like Longmont, it was the July, June, no, June twenty. Let me look. Let me look here. Uh, Planning and Zoning Commission meeting. It would have been on a Tuesday. 
the 20 Tuesday? Yep. Uh, yep. Are you going to link to it? I'll link to it. I'll link to it. Um, Alex is within the first half hour. So yep. You can... You can and you can fast forward and, and rewind. Oh, no, no, sorry. It. It's not on a Tuesday. Sorry, I'm getting that confused with City Council. Uh, it's on a Wednesday. Either way, he'll link to it. He's within, he's within no, the first. it's the other way. Wasn't it? City Council's ours, on Tuesday. Ours was first, or Pla- was ours pl- second? Planning and zoning. Oh, I see what you mean. It doesn't matter. It's, it, you, you'll link to it. Okay. You'll and then you people. can watch it. Um, but, but what I'm going for is that, let's say you have a good design idea, and the developer says, oh, they're just going to nix it or whatever. You now we can come in with experience and say not necessarily if you do it right, <laughs> and you, you just you just can't half-ass it. Yep, because they were hitting us with questions, um, and I asked our planner, "Hey, how should we present?" And you might want to watch it just to see kind of what we did. And he goes, "Don't tell a long backstory about your firm." Um, yeah, he he said that because he said one guy talked for twenty minutes and then got to his project, and what. I, I skipped through our backstory really quickly. It was like and, five or six slides, and I'll just, like, I'm not five seconds, do, 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 maybe even less than that per slide. Yep. And here's the difference. If you are a long-winded person, he goes, they, he lost the audience. He lost the audience talking for 20 minutes. So I skipped through that, went through my presentation. Then one of the commissioners asked, hey, can you go back? And I went back to the start of the project. He goes, no, 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 back and tell us about your firm. So I did it succinctly, but then I did it well. So like... You got to realize, and it's very hard, and I bet you the people that are going to fault at this doesn't even know I'm talking to you. If you are a long-winded, boring person, if someone's told you that, and you have that inclination, please take it to heart. Please take that to heart and don't do that. If you're not, if you have exciting stuff, things like that, they want to hear that because they're li- you know, normally listening to boring people that just talk about nonsense and go to sleep. Um, so it might be, it might be nice for you guys to watch the whole thing and then see, like they wanted to know about our backstory and that actually kind of helped us. No, no, I was just gonna, it, it actually helped us quite a bit because yeah. one of the, and the reason why Alex wanted to do it from the beginning, which I was on board for it and so was Alex, but then we always asked the planner and he said, nah, don't do it because of what he talked about was because we wanted to present ourselves as, look, we're not outsiders. We're invested in the community. Uh, so, you know, we're not enemies here. We're trying, like, if, if you guys don't allow this, like you're just, you're just hurting the people who are invested in the community. Like, why would you do that? Yeah. Uh, so to make us, you know, look like, like the good guys and like, wow, thank God F9 is here. And they can't, that's basically what the sentiment was at the end of it was like, wow, so glad that we have F9 productions. Like they are doing stuff that we, this is the direction Longmont wants to go. Here's how you can judge how deep to go into that backstory. Is what you're presenting going to be a surprise to them? Meaning, if you're going to sit there and do 20 minutes of, hey, we designed this building in Longmont, and it looks just like the other one. And this one in Longmont looks just like the other one. This one, and then we're going to do something that just looks like the other one. They're going to go, yeah, we get it. So we pick projects that are unique, right? Because they haven't seen that. That's not what they're normally dealing with. So that's, that's how to approach it. Yeah. So then... Either the day before or the day after, I go to a city council meeting. So it was the day before. The, the day before. Me. Okay. Lance says it was the day before. And I, and I speak and then I leave and then I watch it on YouTube um, when I get home and I watch the rest of it. And they're talking about inclusionary zoning, inclusionary housing, which means affordable housing. And so because all of a sudden we just got, or, or the next day, 
we got a whole bunch of uh, just praise about how Longmont wants it. This is great, stuff like that. In the back of my head, though, um, I heard this word retroactive. So I go, oh, when are they going to apply this? So then, meaning, meaning they'd change 12.5% of our project. And if you guys know what it takes to get through planning, zoning, and approval, which, which we did get and we got a letter, it, t- it took us over a year and it took us hundreds of thousands of dollars. See, and that's the tricky part. We have a letter from the Planning and Zoning Commission but there's still a few hanging chads. Like the plat hasn't been recorded. They haven't asked for Mylar. So it's kind of like we have, and I was trying to explain this to shout out Adam Mayberry. And that's why it takes 10 minutes. We're going to, this is going to be an hour long podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We sort of have approval and like, you never really have approval in my world until, Oh, shovels are in the ground. Like that's kind of our thinking is like, come on, we're building here. Like things are happening. Like we have approval people. You can't, renege on us you can't retroactively apply stuff yep. to us like the, the number the cake has been baked we can't take the sugar out yep so i go talk to the planners and they say hey you know talk to the lawyer i can't get a hold of the city lawyer um, i'm gonna keep trying um but basically they said oh if you have uh, a approval before they vote on it you're probably good um it's planning and zoning it's not building approval because building approval will know what it's probably gonna be faster than planning and zoning blowing my mind um and then, and then people are saying, oh, yeah, no, yours is pretty affordable. This isn't going to apply to you. And I go, no, 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 no. So I keep barking up all these trees. And I finally get to the assistant city manager. And they go, oh, yeah, if you didn't have your final plat recorded by January, seven months ago, it applies to you. And I explained to her, our project, like, how could we apply this? And I you know, told her how, like, this is a detail. This is a cake. That has been baked. I didn't use that analogy, but I'm going to start to. And now you want us to take out 20, 12% of the sugar. We have to destroy that cake, make a new one for hundreds of thousands of dollars, and then delay our project. That is unfinancially feasible because of because then you ask, he goes, okay, thinking about the next land, and this is appropriate. How would you apply that thought to the next land? And then how would you apply it to ours, right? So we need to know the rules. And they don't even have them yet, so we can't apply them. And we need to know the benefits we could give. Because they say, you got to apply with these rules, but you might get some reduced benefits, some increase in density or reduced payments. I go, we can't tell the bank that. Like, oh, yeah, we, we already designed it. We already designed it. So, like, we would have to redesign the units, which would mess with the layout, which would mess with draining. We'd have to redesign our exteriors to make it more affordable because we have to spread that cost around everything. We'd have to redesign or take out all of our sky decks, which would change all of our roof lines. Everything changes. And they the, don't understand that. They just think like, oh, just pay the fee in lieu. Just pay 185 Again, like, again, again, this, again, this disconnect. And, and this is my, this is me you know, saying, I think developers, you have done, you have done yourself in, in an injustice and in service to your own selves in that. I think you need to educate people that you aren't making money hand over fist. There's like margins are as, as they're very tight, especially when you get to the end of the business cycle. And I think that's where we're at. And I, you know, people have heard me talk about that before on this podcast. As you get, as you near that and labor prices and material prices go up and at the same time, real estate prices aren't keeping up with that. It's going to, it's going to make your, your margins razor thin. So educating people about that and showing them. So that's actually what one of the, one of the things we're going to try to do over the next week um, is <clears throat> we have gotten, I went through 
because this affects a bunch of developers. It wouldn't be just us. Like for them to retroactively apply something to people that are throwing tens of millions of dollars at projects and have already you know, went through their whole pro forma and then all of a sudden they get slapped with a, oh, by the way, 12% of your units now need to be, they can't be sold for X amount of dollars or rented out for X amount over dollars. It, it, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's morally wrong. I think it's just logically wrong. So, so what I did is I, Alex, Alex got in touch with a bunch of other developers. We're going to try to get them to come speak um, soon. And we're trying to talk to them and keep them, make everybody aware of this. But we're also going to go talk to the city council members and show them how razor thin the margins are and how kind of ridiculous it is to, to give, to retroactively apply something. I think it's one thing to give the, the developers a target for them to go like, okay, just so you know, 2019, January 1st, this is what's going to happen. Here's the target you guys get to meet. They're going to, developers are, they are creative people. They've figured out how to like do this insane process of development. Yep. They have architects who are super creative. They have realtors that are even creative. They can at least get towards the target and make stuff happen. We, I talked to a couple yesterday that were like, oh, well, you know, we, when we did our development, we knew that we knew what we had to aim for. And now we've come up with this really cool product that's like $300,000 and very, it sells really well and it works for us. We still make our sure. profits and it all works. But they, but they were working hand in hand with zone, the planning and zoning commission, the departments, all, all of these yep. city entities. Because we might honestly with that be able to reduce parking and then increase a unit. Okay. In the future, we could do that. We can't do that now. That's not possible now. That's that's not possible. Um, and then shout out to the Entree Architect community on Facebook because I asked them like, hey, have you ever had any retroactive? And most people were like, oh, that doesn't seem legal. That it doesn't oh, seem everyone, legal. It doesn't everyone, seem legal. Like, oh, that seems crazy. And this is what's crazy to me is that everyone you talk to says, oh, yeah, no, that's not a real thing. But then when you talk to the people making the decisions, yes, that's a real thing. I don't know how that disconnect happens. And, I, you know, like, and that's what I think everybody's missing when it comes down to city city council level government is that you guys got to understand all it takes them all they have to do is read an ordinance two times and people aren't paying attention and i get why they're not paying attention we have a million other things to do you have a life you're on your smartphone it's like like and do you like it's you it's, assume rationality you too. assume rationality and you assume that like it's a small local government they're not going they're not going to just push stuff through but as soon as you quit paying attention, this is exactly what happens. Like, it's literally mind-blowing to me, and I hate that we even have to address it. I hate that we have to address it, because I feel like common sense should rule the day. D- did you find the agenda for our next Tuesday? Yeah, it's not on there. This is an open forum. Okay, good. So, they're not doing the first reading yet? No. Good. So, so yeah. So, so what they want... So, the, st- thing, the, thing they point, the thing they spoke up about, which, like, perked up Al's little ears, and that, and that the city council meeting two weeks ago was they go, like... And it perked up mine too. And then I even texted him and I go, did you, did you hear what they just said? And it was, um, uh, they were getting impatient that like, Oh, why, why we just keep talking about this ordinance. We need to pass it now. Yeah. And whenever I hear any, any official, any official, even if it's a private corporation, somebody higher up and they go, we need to do this now. Ooh, I don't well, think so. I, I think we need to talk about it. Can we talk about it? Can we just slow down? Can we slow down? Can you have some input? Can there well, be some back and forth? Good Lord. And here's the why. I, I don't want us as developers to come by like we're trying to delay the process. I want to say the reason why we want to talk about this, and, and you might view this as slowing down, is because you're making 
crazy decisions. I don't know how to say that. Like, you know what I mean? You're retroactively applying stuff and we need to, apparently everyone in public understands how that's crazy, but you get in government and that seems like a logical solution. It's like you, you twist over into some, some dimension and mind you that how I found out about this is that I casted it onto my TV, walking around at nine o'clock, uh, you know, eight thirty nine, putting my baby to bed, talking to my wife, having a book in my, in my lap. And I, like that's how I hear about it. Exactly. Not so. You're they're going through a, a. If your city is going through any sort of change, you need to listen to these meetings you because can't. they're not notifying you. It's not like they're sending you yeah, an email. No, nobody's getting a notification letter. Exactly. Like I'm sorry, but if you if you are dealing in real estate, you gotta start. You gotta start turning turning the tube on at least in the background. Get YouTube Red for God's sakes. Put it on your iPhone. Put it on your iPhone or your Android. That way you can just plug it in and walk around, do your thing at night. But you got to listen in on this stuff and be ready for like those kind of, whoa, this is what they're going to do? Because the other thing is they didn't even have the, they, they presented two PowerPoints. Alex went down there and asked them like, can, the you, just, can you email me them? Nope. Nope. Printed. I had to print them off. Like they're not even publicly available. Well, and here's the other thing. Hey, can I see the code? Because maybe it won't affect us. Maybe they're like, hey, you got to do 12%, but you get a, a, a credit of the equal amount of the dis- difference. I'd be like, okay. You yeah. know, I won't or, bring up Or, or like, state. oh, no, that's for only for developments over 10 units, whatever. Yeah. They don't. It's not even written. So I don't know how to comply. I don't know how to comply with this. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> so that's. So, that's uh, so, so what we're doing, here, here's the only remedy that, that we have is that we're getting other developers and then we're going to, and we are calling city council people. Uh, we already have three meetings with three out of the seven and we're going to just tell them rationally what's happening. So you can get private meetings and by private, I mean, it's, it's not, it just means you're having a meeting with them, right? Yeah, you don't have to go to the typical chambers. They can come to your office. Yep. Yep. Or you can go to their office. They have offices. Um, and then we're going to speak publicly at the public meeting too. So who, Honestly, who knows? Who knows? Because the other, the other option, and this is, this is, again, we're not big developers. And this is what they do down in Denver and Lakewood is I have witnessed them trying to do these retroactively stuff. And the developers are so calm. And when I was talking to them, we were starving and young. I'm like, this is going to kill our architecture committee. I was freaked out. And I'm like, why are they so calm? And they're like, yeah, we were just going to sue the city. And they're going to see how dumb it is. And they always go back because it's the stupidest idea ever. And, and whenever you tell a story like that, it's like, oh, are you threatening to sue the city? I'm like, no, we are a small, like, we don't want to do that. We aren't someone who just wants to pay a lawyer to do this stuff. Like, we want you to be rational about it. Makes no sense. We're already, um, yeah, all we've been doing is bleeding money for 18 months. (laughs) I'm not joking. It's just like, (laughs) they're expensive. The whole thing has been crazy expensive. And we're finally at the point where we're we're going after financing. So we're finally seeing like the lightness. Like, geez, can we just can we just put the shovels in the ground already? <laughs> what a problem to have. Uh, so that's that. We'll keep we'll keep you. We'll stay tuned. It's going to be exciting. Um, I, I'm going to have. A, I think Al should even put a link to uh, how you can go watch a city council meeting on Tuesday. So you'll see us there with a bunch of developers. <laughs> I'm not joking. Like, it, I think I think this is so this is so educational for everybody to realize. Like, you you can't sit on the couch anymore. I'm sorry. Not even with not even when it comes to small municipalities, you've got to at least be engaged. You don't have to go out there and yell and protest protest, but you at least need to be engaged and aware. Here's the lesson that we learned. 
was, hey, we're going to be architects and we're going to put our little tiny foot in the developer role. Yep. And we know how to build and we're smart and they're no smarter than us. So why can't we why do can't this? Why can't we do it? Just know, okay, there's a different role and that role is there for a reason. And the, the role that you have to take if you're developing is that, okay, you have to do architecture, but you might not be able to do all that yourself. So like maybe have someone on your staff be ahead of it and you need to start looking at city council meetings looking at agendas being political you need to take that step up and actually do like here's what's so dumb maybe about us is like what did we think the developers were doing i know i know no, no, exactly <laughs> what did we think they were doing we, here's what we thought here's what we thought i'll tell you what i thought yeah and this is this is this is hilarious is i thought oh they're just beating down the subs they're just beating down subs, architects, everybody that they had to hire as far as price and, goes. And they're just finding land. That's all they do. They're just, just finding, finding land. land. They're just finding land. And then they you know, they get finance and everything. Nope. There's this whole other component that is just, it's worth money. It's yeah. worth money, time, so, effort, all that. So developers are finding land for the right price. Finding business partners if they need partners financially. Uh Getting contacts with construction people, you should be doing that through your architecture program so that you can actually get subs. And then dealing with the higher level, political zoning, everything that's happening um, at that upper level. So there is four things right there. Developer hat, make sure you're doing. Yeah, I'm I'm naming this episode the real role of developers. Nice. It just happened. That just happened. Yeah. What do we got next, Al? That's enough enough of that. Stay tuned. Al reads. uh, Al forgot... Whoever that guy is, I all forgot to send Nick uh, <laughs> the reading, and he did it this morning because he's been running around. Literally, I've been doing circles from our office to city council to planning to developers and back, like just walking in circles. Um, so this this read uh, is Blue Ocean Strategy uh, by Chan Kim and Renee. Ooh, I'm gonna mess this up. Malborn, you want to give a stab at that? Maborn. There we go. I nailed it. You nailed it. There we and go. now Al reads. Hello, best friends. <laughs> Yet, many companies fail to deliver exceptional value because they are obsessed by the novelty of their product or service, especially if a new te- technology plays a part in it. They act on the assumption that bleeding edge technology is equivalent to bleeding edge utility for buyers, something that our research found is rarely the case. The technology trap that snagged Philip and Motorola trips us, trips up the best and brightest companies time and again. Unless the technology makes buyers' lives dramatically simpler, more convenient, more productive, less risky, or more fun and fashionable, it will not attract the masses no matter how many awards it wins. Value innovation is not the same as technological innovation. Value in information is not? Value innovation is not the same as technological innovation. Oh, I'd agree with that. So See, that, that's one of my problems with architects is yeah. like the value proposition. Yeah. I, 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 I don't really ever use that. Like, wow, I'm bringing so much value to your, to your project just by, by virtue of the design. Even though that's what we're saying, and that's, I'm going to crap on myself here. Even though that's what we're saying with our project, we keep saying there. No, but there's a difference, and I'll tell you. Oh, I was going to tell us, but it, let me finish. Yeah. We keep saying, oh, this me talking to my wife slash our realtor. Oh, wife, what do you know? Come on. We're going to be able to sell these for X, Y, and Z because look at the architecture. Come on. Nobody else yeah. is doing this. And she's like, location, location, location. Yep. Um, 
So I think it applies in two ways. One is um, new technologies, right? There's always these new programs that are coming out. And uh, what's the one where you can do the parameters and link it and you can do all the funky shapes and stuff like that? You know what I'm talking about? It's like uh, the kids at CU were trying to get into it. Grasshopper. Nope. You can do it with Grasshopper. Maybe it's Grasshopper. Sure. Sure. Let's just say Grasshopper. Fusion. No, Grasshopper. Let's just say Grasshopper. Um, In the beginning, uh, if you're just linking it to, oh, you can create crazy forms. Okay, great. Do you work for Gary? Do you work for Zaha Hadid? Something like that. How does that technology apply to you? Now, if you can do things, which they're doing it now, like, oh, you can flex the building, you can add parameters, make sure that you're not using technology just for technology's sake. And your end user sees that as, oh, you're just spending more money. How does that help them, right? People that are transitioning into Revit. Okay, it's 3D stuff like that. You can get 3D views, but are you giving them the material takeoffs? Are you looking at, you know, like cutting all sections? Are you know, are you using it in a way that's valuable rather than just using a technology just to use it? The second is design. So when they asked say, for our development, they said, Hey, why don't you just flip your whole project? That seems like it'll solve it. And I said, Oh, there's three reasons why uh, we we can't can't do that one is i showed them on an urban design context how our open area links with the one across the street and that's better open space um the second is that if we flip it uh there's a buffer on another property that's influencing us and pushing us to one side so the best units will be stuck to one side and not have a front yard so if we have to have that buffer we might the as best well have, and the most yep we might as well have a front yard and this link to this was after I explained some of our other projects like the tiny house where design decisions, a lot of times you can get a better bang for your buck. So like um, with our sloped roof of, of our Atlas tiny house, not only does it capture water, it's aerodynamic, and then it also captures solar power. So like they had in your head like, oh, they're solving two birds with one stone. And then the last one is that if we put the bigger building on this side, more rain is going to go on that property where it's already naturally draining and there's a drainage problem. So by switching it, we're actually putting less water on the, the other side. So all of those were value, not just, oh, it looks better. You know, it's designed better. So like you can't walk in and if you're talking to developers, we're just going to tell them it's functioned designed better. better. I, think that's Function. what, I think that's what you got to at the end here was it functions better 100%. Um, so the the only way I buy it as an architect is, is all the examples you do. Or if I go in and I say like we use you know, a lot of clients hire hire my side of the firm when I pitch to them. I, I can't speak for yours because I'm not in your meetings, but like oh we use space efficiently, very efficiently. We don't waste space. We don't care what kind of style it is. Our idea is every square foot counts. Two hundred dollars a square foot to build, etc. Well, I like that word because value. When you say oh you know we're more valuable because we provide whatever. Maybe work function into your sales literature and into your meetings. We've created more functional space. We have more functional solutions, but you know, and then think about your past projects. I think that's such a, I think that's a powerful word yeah. that has more meaning because more, it's more specific, more meat, more meat for sure. Yep. Yeah. Now let's go to ARE Jeopardy. Here we go. Question number one. Strain uh, can be expressed as A, the change of length over the original length, B, force over area, C, force times distance, D, 
the distance divided by time. Strain. Strain is, do you want me to read them again? Even though it says strain, it says stain because Al can't spell. Yeah. I'll change it. Please do. <laughs> the change of length over the original length, force over area is B. So you guys got that. Those were A and B. C, force times distance. D, distance divided by time. Interesting. Do you know, Lance? Uh, I bet you. You know what? Write that right down, right here. Write down so they can't see what you think it is. Come on, buddy. No, no, I'm not. You're tricking me. <laughs> I'm not being tricked here. All right. We have A. A and B. The answer is A, the change of length over the original length. So that's. Did anybody get that? Yep. Yeah. Did anybody get that? Yeah. First two. First two with the shirts. For, uh, for everybody listening terrestrially, there is no visual uh, component to this podcast yet. Uh, two of the guys are wearing Inside the Firm podcast shirts. One of the guys not. <laughs> well, actually, out of the whole firm, uh, four out of the six yeah. are wearing. The wonder ins- if Josh is wearing his in Florida. You know what? I so next week we should try to get everyone. Just to, I want to walk around like Longmont a, like a gang and just be like those guys are either the coolest <laughs> or the dorkiest people we have ever seen ever. <laughs> okay, B torsion. We're going from. Strain to torsion. Uh, the resisting of lateral forces of a build, building should be addressed by A. Uh, should be addressed at. At. Okay. A. The dimensional center of the building. B. At the center of mass of the building. C. At the base of the building. D. At the exterior walls. So I'll go over it again. Torsion, which is the resistant, resisting of lateral forces should be addressed at A, at the dimensional center of a building, B, at center of mass of the building, C, at the base of the building, D, at the exterior walls. Where are you resisting torsion at? D, A, B, it is D. So torsion acts around the center of mass, but think about where your shear walls are. Yep. So if it's like if you're, um, you you can visualize. You know, if you're resisting it, the exterior ends will. You'll have to use less. If you try to resist torsion from the center, no bueno. No bueno. Yep. All right. Number three. What is a horizontal reinforced masonry beam usually built integrally with a with a masonry wall known as A lintel B bond beam C beam D header What is a horizontal reinforced masonry beam usually built integrally with a masonry wall known as A lintel B bond beam C beam D header Tricky words. Do, 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 do. Tricky words. What do we got? I'll, I'll guess. Two. Okay. After they're done. Okay. What do they got? You read them off. Al. You're the reader. Author. A, A, A. Um, what? I said B. Correct. Al is correct. Ah! Bond beam. <laughs> yeah, because a linter will be over an opening. You don't necessarily need... You can have a bond beam without an opening. Probably. Maybe. I, I think the, the key here is a lintel steel and... It's, well, that's tricky. 
Actually, here, here's what it is. Here's what it is. Is yeah. the, the 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 deciding factor there is when it said, "What is a horizontal reinforced masonry beam?" So like, <clears throat> then it, therefore it has to be a masonry bond beam because it's not. It doesn't say it's just uh, a lintel is steel. It's not. There's no masonry about it, right? It's just steel. I think. I think you can. What? I think you can have a concrete lintel. You could have a concrete. Uh, yeah. I don't know about that. I think we'll this is look. the perfect ARE yeah. uh, semantics. Yep. Because you can um, you can have a bomb bean for different reasons. I think bomb bean obviously applies. Okay. Yeah. Al Gore. All right. Number four. Oh, what do we got? What's the count? Two, two to one? Two, one, goose egg. All right. Here we go. Could have a tiebreaker here. Four. What is the first coat of plaster in three-coat plastering, which is scratched to provide a bond for the second coat known as A, scratch coat, B, first coat, C, brown coat, D, coat? What is the first coat of plaster in three-coat plastering, which is scratched to provide a bond for the second coat known as A, scratch coat, B, first coat, C, brown coat, D, just coat? What do we got? What do we got, Al? A A answers A. Look at that. Now do we have a tie? Whoa! I knew it. I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta pause it and grab some. What? Rock paper scissors to the death? No, no, that's not very ARE. Yeah, we'll be right back. So here's how we're gonna do the tiebreaker. I'm going to read a definition, and the guys are gonna have to get whoever gets closest to the word. Is, uh, is the winner. So here we go. Tiebreaker question number one. A scored concrete surface produced by brooming before the concrete has completely hardened is known as... And then you have to write down the answer and uh, then we'll read them off. So a scored concrete surface produced by brooming before the concrete has completely hardened is known as... You wouldn't have got I that? I would have got that wrong. All right. What do we got, tiebreakers? Yeah, everyone write it down. Everyone write Everybody it down. looks confused. <laughs> uh, what do we got? What do we got? Oh, they're so off that what we just have we to... Got? We might have to go to another answer. What do we got? <laughs> or just count the letter of letters. <laughs> Two words. What do we got? Rough surface, rake finish, textured. <sighs> what do you got? Broom finish is the answer. We're giving it to Jason. All right. That's it then? That's it. J-Dog's the winner? J-Dog. Okay. All right. Uh, shout outs. One is to Mark LePage on his blog, Entree Architect. He's doing a cool series. So if you haven't checked it out, go check it out. It is called Behind the Design. Uh, selfish reason to check it out is just this week, one of our designs is uh, on there. And it's a really cool Titan 2 project, uh, transforming tiny houses. There's some construction photos, all that, um, and a little bit about the process. So I think you'll like that. So go to entrearchitect.com, go to the blog, you'll find it. Also, if you have an interesting project, submit it to them. Um, there'll be a submit button there. There's an easy form to fill out. Um, it's very cool to see these projects. I think this is the third one. Everyone has been We're cool. We're the fourth. So, fourth one. They've, they've all been cool so far. Uh, another shout out 
uh, Eric Reinhold's YouTube. Check that out. Um, that's great. Um, again, a, a third shout out. Second Studio. Second Studio is basically a podcast network. Um, it's Archie Speak, uh, Entree Architect, and Inside the Firm. So check out all those podcasts. There's always good stuff there for you. If you have a favorite episode, please share it with a colleague or a friend or somebody who you think would enjoy it um, and have them check out the podcast. That's one of the only ways we grow um, and keeps us motivated because our, no- our numbers are growing, so we appreciate it. Everybody has been uh, helping out with that, and uh, we will see you next week.